What's up, guys? Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Podcast. We are a vape shop called BNM Vape, located in Glen Burnie, Maryland, as well as Rosedale, Maryland, serving the greater Anne Arundel County areas and the Baltimore County areas. We will be talking about a couple of topics on this podcast, such as vaping advocacy, the latest and greatest in the industry, as well as our shop, and pretty much anything else. If you want to come check us out, check us out on www.bnmvape.com, the letter B, the letter N, the letter M, vape.com. Also on Instagram, at bnmvape. Check us out on Facebook, like us on Facebook, subscribe to our podcast to hear what we have to talk about in the future. Thank you guys for tuning in. Cool. Synced up. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Brick and Mortar Podcast. We are now on episode three. We really appreciate the support on the last two episodes. Doing really well right now. We're trying to bump these up and get get this going. Um, we had a whole list of topics that we wanted to talk about for this episode and the next episode, but yeah, we, did. We, we ended up finding some more information on something else that's a little bit more important. So... Excuse us for going back to some, uh, you know, down low sort of sad topics, but it looks like vaping may finally be on its way out in Maryland, which I don't think anyone here is ready for at all. No, no, Um, nobody's ready for that. Yeah, I mean, we were we were talking about this off camera a second ago, and you know, if it comes down to it, I'm not. I probably won't go back to smoking. Um, I'll probably find another way to get a hold of you know vape products, Um, whether it's if need be moving out of the state because I already fucking hate this place anyway because you know just everything's expensive where we live but um you know or or whether it's you know finding an alternative but i mean i don't want to go back to smoking cigarettes i don't think anybody really wants to smoke cigarettes no i mean i i feel the same way like i I really don't want to go back to smoking cigarettes and i feel like i'm gonna have to go to a different state and and buy shit and then feel like I'm smuggling. smuggling yeah like you can only do it the right way if you're wearing like a Han Solo costume yeah that's the only acceptable time I'll have to hit up the costume uh, the costume cosplayers yeah get, get a little cosplay going so we have three bills that were introduced in Maryland uh, fairly recently to talk about um, they're House and Senate bills um, I think one or two of them were introduced last year or the year before, and they failed, and now they're reintroduced. So we're just going to start off with this one. Yeah, which one is you want? Uh, uh, 003? Yeah, this is, this is SB, or sorry, HB0003 for anybody that's curious about it. It's uh, been proposed and sponsored by Delegate Derek E. Davis. Um, he is a representative out of PG County here in the state of Maryland, and uh, he is a Democrat. I don't like to get political. I'm not politically affiliated, but that is important for the purpose of this podcast, so keep that in mind. So, this is a business regulation on flavored tobacco products, and it says in the title, Prohibition. We're back at Prohibition. This is happening all over again. Just happened in New Jersey earlier today, and it's a problem. So, basically, what this says is that uh, providing that licenses to manufacture, sell, buy, and store cigarettes, other tobacco products, and electronic smoking devices, e-cigs, vaping, uh, do not authorize the licensee to manufacture, ship, import, or sell within that state. So basically what they're saying is those licenses that you have now to be able to bring that stuff into the state of Maryland will not authorize you to continue doing that, whether it's importing them here, shipping them within the state, selling them within the state, buying them within the state, none of that illegal it's prohibited 
So that's a pretty big deal. Um, that really is unflavored tobacco products, or at least that's what the title says, but it does say electronic smoking devices. So what I'm curious about here is if they're talking about devices that are trying to use tobacco, like vaporized tobacco, like the IQ system from uh, Philip Morris, or if we're talking about like e-cigarettes in general, because that, that is like, it's a pretty broad statement that I feel like anyone in the you know Maryland House of Delegates will be able to kind of incorporate as much into as possible to try and like basically screw over as many people as they can. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it says altering the definition of other tobacco products, which they do classify this as a tobacco product. Um, yep. I found information on that earlier too. Like that's a problem. Uh, and when that, this is coming straight from the CDC, mind you, I was looking at articles earlier, just trying to find some more information. Cause I wanted to add a little bit more to the podcast, get some like more sources in here so that that way, you know, people know that we're not just pulling this info out of our ass, out of our ass. Um, so this was posted by CNBC, uh, November 21st, 2019, titled Doctors Treating Deadly Lung Disease Face a Problem, Some Patients Lie About Vaping. According to the CDC Principal Deputy Director, uh, and some, I can't pronounce that last name, I'm not even going to try. I don't want to embarrass myself. It's like Shushat or something, Shuhat. Can you highlight that? Yeah, it's uh, S-C-H-U-C-H-A-T. Shuchat? Shuchat? Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, she was at a congressional hearing uh, regarding Valley, regarding vaping, and um, she was just giving out some stats on what the CDC found. And so the CDC was looking for this stuff called BAL. Uh, again, another really long name. None of us are going to be able to pronounce that. Um, but basically what that is is it's a fluid that they were looking for in patients' lungs to see if it contained vitamin E acetate. Yep. And so of these... They found uh, patients from 16 different states, 51 of them, and compared their findings in the lungs of those unhealthy people to the lungs of people that were healthy. So they had 51 total cases of this, right? And basically, vitamin E acetate was found in 48 of the 51 patients and in zero of the healthy patients that came in, meaning vitamin E acetate is not commonly found in your lungs. It is not normal. It is not healthy. So... Going on from that, reading further into the article, um, what she said was it may turn out that there are only two kinds of people who get this disease, basically the disease being what started this entire shit show that we're now experiencing all over the country. Um, and then she went on to say those who vape THC and those who won't admit it, which yeah. I think is a big deal because you see a lot of people, we were doing research on a girl from here in Maryland that apparently said that she didn't use these THC products and then they found THC in her blood system vitamin E acetate in their lungs and then they continue to spin that story as just being you know like just vaping just juuling just vaping so at the end of this article this is what I'm getting at here they still consider e-cigarettes e vaping vapes in general all vapes to be tobacco products yep because they contain nicotine yep tobacco and nicotine do not have to go hand in hand just like coffee and caffeine don't have to go together Right? You don't have to necessarily get your caffeine from coffee. There are plenty of other ways to get it, right? But just because one is commonly found in the other doesn't mean that they always have to be married to each other. Yeah, I mean, there's also traces of um, nicotine in essentially everything that's grown from the ground. Uh, potatoes, mm -hmm. uh, broccoli. Yeah, I mean, trace amounts. You're not, yeah. It's not concentrated, but yeah. it's there. Yeah, it's there. You know? Um, 
the fact that they're putting both of these together is so just man, I don't even have a word a politically correct word other than just fucking stupid. Truth. Uh, excuse my French, but you know, we're all we all should be twenty one or over watching this podcast. If you're not twenty one, you should not be watching this. And, and this is this is also a pretty big deal because think about this, right? If we were going to any sort of political debate, whether it's you know an election debate, whether it's just a, a town hall meeting, whatever, and we were to group Democrats and Republicans together and try and regulate against both of those political parties because we see them as the same thing, they would throw a fucking fit. Yeah. Because when you look at it, they're both trying to accomplish a very similar goal, which is get into office and get something done for their party or for their side, their, their constituents. But at the end of the day, what you're really seeing here is they're taking vaping and combustible tobacco, cigarettes, etc. And these two things, mind you, are on opposite sides of the spectrum here. Yep. Like we're looking at one industry that's been around for hundreds of years that is responsible for millions of deaths, millions and millions of deaths through cancer, through cardiac arrest, whatever, and an industry that is fighting that tooth and nail every single day, sunrise to sunset, and then overnight, and then some, to prevent people from smoking cigarettes and dying of cancer and these cardiac issues that these cigarettes cause. Yep. So how is it fair to an entire industry that employs hundreds of thousands of people across the world, including myself, including you, including everyone here in this shop, the owner of this shop, and make sure that those people can provide for themselves and for their families and putting them with the entire industry that they're fighting. Yep. Why would you ever consider, logically speaking, putting those two in the same room with each other and calling them both you know, the same name when they are completely opposite people trying to accomplish completely opposite goals, like literally completely opposite goals? Yeah. Tobacco wants people to smoke more tobacco. Vapor, like Vaping industry wants people to stop using tobacco entirely. And essentially stop vaping entirely. Yeah. This is not, uh, you know, a gateway to a different end of nicotine. This is, you know, there's, there are steps for you to get off of vaping as a whole. Uh, uh, tobacco uh, or cigarettes don't offer you yeah. no nicotine. And that's, that's the point. When people come in here, they're like, I want a bottle of this. First thing we say, what nicotine level would you like it in? Yep. We offer 0, 3, 6, 9, 12, and 18 for all of our freebase. For our salt nicks, anywhere from 25 to 50. So when someone comes in and says, yeah, I want, an, I want a 12th nick, when they first start vaping, that's fine. But after a couple months, I do this with every customer I see that first starts vaping. After a while, when they start to say, yeah, it's getting really harsh, it's hurting my throat, I had to turn down my wattage, I'm like, have you ever considered the fact that that's way too much nicotine for you? Yeah. Like maybe it's time to bump down. Maybe your body's getting used to a healthier alternative. And now it's maybe time that your body is telling you to say, you know, telling you to bump down to like a six yep. and nine times out of 10, those people do it and they have no issue with it. I started at a six and at a nine and I went from six and nine Nick down to a three, went down from a three to a zero, realized I like flavor a little bit better with three Nick. I think it adds a little bite to my flavor. It does. But at the end of the day, if I have to vape zero, I'll vape zero. It's not a big deal. I just like vaping. Yeah. You know, so that's that's my whole spiel on the whole, you know, roping tobacco products into vaping and, and vice versa. It, it just it doesn't make sense. And I don't know how these people that are supposedly, you know, higher educated people are going out and publicly stating that they're the same thing that are accomplishing the same goal, because I don't have a college education finished yet. I'm in the process of that right now. And sure, I may be like, you know, classic 
younger young adult that's looking to like do a lot, change the world, whatever, has a really wide view on the world and only thinks logically, whatever, whatever any boomer might say about me. And yeah. yes, that is an okay boomer moment. But like, I don't have the same resources and the same education as these people. I have not spent hundreds of thousands of dollars making sure that I have a piece of paper that says I'm qualified to be in the House of Delegates. And even I can see how this is going to be a horribly negative thing to do to an industry. Yeah, I mean, let's, I mean, thinking outside of the box, I mean, if this goes through, which will be obviously traumatic, be terrible, horrible, awful. awful, what is this going to do to everybody that has a lease? Yeah. The state of Maryland. That's big. Are, are you going to take care of that for us? Since right. you're taking care of our health, are you going to take care of those leases? Are you going to take care of my college education, which I may not be able to pay for if I have trouble finding another job? This is the only job that I felt comfortable in to the point where I'm comfortable working here, you know, extended hours every week because I really like it here. I feel like I'm making a difference. I don't want to work for another boss. I love my boss. I love all my coworkers. I've bounced around tons of other jobs that I've never found anywhere else like this. This is more of a family to me than any other job or really even my family at some points. Is the state of Maryland going to care for me and my college education? No. Is the state of Maryland going to care about your family and your kids when you're out of a job and you're looking to provide for them? No. They give you the bare minimum for unemployment, which is just a joke. It doesn't doesn't help anything. It it doesn't cover anything. But, you know, they can't can't pay well for uh, people that are unemployed. But they can go ahead and uh, what was that minimum? It was a minimum of oh, twenty one yeah. million dollars. Let's, let's segue into this real quick. So for anybody that wants to look this up themselves, in case you don't believe what I'm saying to you over the podcast, this is SB Senate Bill zero 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 three. It's in the original chamber for first reading, proposed and sponsored by Senator McRae. So just for you, Senator McRae, bad idea. Would not recommend doing this. You're going to fuck over a lot of people, and you probably will lose your seat if you do this because you're going to piss a lot of people off. Basically, what this says is applying certain provisions of tax law over like sale, manufacture, all that. Um, basically, what they're going to try and do is reduce tobacco use. But it, it, in order to reduce tobacco use, we're already, what, wouldn't, we're, wouldn't we're vaping already, do we're, that? We're, we're already doing that. Yeah. Because like if you take away vaping and tobacco from people and you make vaping a less accessible option, I would be willing to believe that more people would be willing to travel out of state to buy cartons of cigarettes than travel out of state to buy a vape. Yeah. I feel like more people would see more benefit in buying $500 worth of cigarettes every couple months to get hold them over than going to Pennsylvania, if it's still even legal there, or West Virginia or Delaware or Virginia, wherever. I think more people will go back to smoking, even if it's banned in Maryland, just to get their shit. Yeah. And, and what this, this, oh, sorry, I don't mean good. to cut you off. You're good. Uh, this bill would also take off menthol cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So if you are running past this channel and you do hear this and you're a Newport smoker, or marble, marble smooth smoker, or whatever, whatever tickles your goat, this does affect you. You're fucked. You're, if you don't, if you only vape, uh, vape menthol or smoke menthol cigarettes, you're fucked. And so going back to what he was saying about the provision for money on this, um, this would require the governor, probably Governor Hogan, who I really hope is still on board with vaping. Um, It would require him in uh, 2022 and every year after that to include at least 
at least minimum there is no wiggle room on this this is a floor not a ceiling this is where they start at least 21 million dollars in the annual budget for certain activities as they call it aimed at reducing tobacco use so what that means is they want to basically take the money out of your pocket brandon out of my pocket that i make working at a vape shop that they take out of my paycheck every single week and that i have to do taxes for every single year and they want to use that money to shut this place down and take my job away from me. Yeah. So how the hell does this make sense? I guess for Senator McRae, this might make sense because the people that are voting for him are in Baltimore City. And I really, not trying to be a dick, but I don't think anyone in Baltimore City gives a shit about vaping. I don't think anyone no. in Baltimore City's real main ticket item right now is... Well, the, the, let me cut you off real quick, just in case. Uh, two, we do know two uh, well-established vape shops yeah. uh, in Baltimore City. Uh, Harbor Vapor, we love you, Sal. Yep. Um, and then Be More Vapes, we love you, 20. Um, you guys are established. You guys are rocking it. You guys are doing your thing. And if I were you right now, I would be going batshit crazy over what this guy is saying. Because what I mean by nobody cares about vaping in Baltimore, what I mean by that is there are much, much bigger fish to fry in Baltimore right yeah. now than vaping. Yeah. Whether it's the homicide issue, whether it's the drug overdose issue, whether it's the fact that you cannot drive down a road without needing a spine transplant and a new set of coils for your car because your suspension is so fucked. Whatever it is, vaping is not the hot ticket item in Baltimore right now. And if I'm not mistaken, they also have a, uh, a like a officer like like reduction right now and they're uh yep. literally hiring people people off the streets yes and, so. and they are they are in, they're basically bringing people um i don't have the article pulled up in front of me but i read this recently so a friend of mine was looking to become a baltimore county police officer um usually what that means is you're going to be put in the city which that sucks uh i'm going to pass on that i would not do that if you paid me two hundred thousand dollars a year to do it i'd i'd like my life yeah um basically they're hiring people from out of the country, Puerto Rico, wherever, right? A lot of Puerto Ricans have been hired in the last, what, six months in Baltimore. There is nothing wrong with that. But what I see a problem with here is the fact that nobody that knows the city, nobody that is from this area that has any passion for this area at all, has the desire to go out and work for Baltimore City right now or no. Baltimore County because it is in such a state of disarray where if this bill from this senator right here can go through and none of the other bills talking about funding for schools in Baltimore, talking about police funding, paying the officers so that they actually want to work and doing public works like building roads and improving on the road system out there. Like, sure, the Harbor Tunnel counts, but that can't be where all of your money is going in the city of Baltimore. That can't be it. If that's it, then something's going wrong. You should not be spending $21 million a year on getting rid of vaping and tobacco when you could be spending that $21 million making sure that kids are getting educated in the city. Yeah. That is a big fucking deal. Not, as, not nearly as big a deal as vaping. Yeah. All we want to do is give people an, an alternative that they can turn to when tobacco is not an option or when, you know, if I know plenty of people that smoked cigarettes and then quit when they had kids. How hard do you think it was for those people to quit just stone-cold turkey right when they start to have kids, when they didn't have vaping as an option? Think about how easy it is for people now, or at least how much easier, because it's never really easy to quit cigarettes. Think about how much easier it is now that they have an alternative. What are you going to do by taking that alternative away? Do you want your pregnant, soon-to-be mother smoking cigarettes? No, the Surgeon General is probably going to go crazy if they see someone doing that. Do you want your fathers smoking cigarettes around their newborn children? 
No, you definitely don't want that. Do you want your parents smoking in the car with you when you're a kid, hotboxing your car that you're riding in on your way to school every morning with cigarettes? No, because when you walk into class at age five and someone says something about the fact that you reek because of cigarettes, you're going to remember that every day of your life. Yeah. Like I remember to this day, my grandmother and my great-grandmother smoking cigarettes every single day. God bless my great-grandmother's heart. She smoked cigarettes for 80 years without a single fucking problem, at least we thought. Yeah. When she finally passed, they found a tumor the size of a softball on her lung. Yeah. Never said a word to anybody. But every time I walked in that damn house, the first thing I did is I looked for the Lysol, and I looked for the Febreze, and I sprayed the whole fucking house. I was four yeah. because I didn't want that coming home with me. I thought it smelled terrible. I put my shirt over my nose, and I talked through my shirt the whole time I was there until it smelled better, and it never did. So that's just, that's bill number three. Uh, Let's move on to the next one that we want to talk about. This one is also a Senate bill. This is Senate Bill 0054. This is titled Electronic Smoking Devices Added Flavoring Prohibition on Shipping, Import, or Sale. This is the killer for the industry in the state of Maryland as we know it. Senators Lamb and Kelly, I know you are probably not going to see this because you probably don't give a shit about us. Clearly you don't. Otherwise, this would never have even come up in the first place. But if you do by any chance see this and look back on this at some point in the future, I hope you understand that this is a major fucking mistake. This is a big deal. So this prohibits a person, not a place of business expressly, but a person. That includes any person behind our bar here, any person in the state of Maryland at all, period, from shipping, importing, or selling into or within the state any electronic smoking device. And again, if we're talking about like the IQOS or whatever it is from Philip Morris where they're trying to vaporize a cigarette basically, that's fine. The more you get rid of tobacco, that's cool. Because as much as I'd love to see a ton of customers walking into this store right now because cigarettes are banned as of this moment, Like, as long as this store is able to keep the doors open and help people find an alternative, that's all I care about. You know, as long as we make enough money here to keep the doors open and let people come in and try something that can potentially save their lives, that's all that matters. But what this is doing, by factoring in vapes like the one I'm holding in my hand right now as a tobacco device, any sort of tobacco ingestion device, like... There's nothing related to tobacco about this other than the fact that it has nicotine in it. And if I go and fill my tank with a zero nicotine juice, there is literally nothing related other than the fact that what comes out of my mouth looks like smoke and is white. Nothing else about it is the same. Not the smell, not the taste, not the amount of nicotine, not Not the method. Not even when you're vaping tobacco flavor. Flavor. There is no tobacco in tobacco-flavored e-liquid. Remember that. So this bill goes on to say, excuse me, that um, selling into or within the state uh, an electronic smoking device to which an artificial or natural flavoring other than tobacco is added to impart a particular aroma or taste and declaring the intent of the General Assembly. So to go through and, and kind of water down that political jargon that they use to make themselves sound important, which they are, but only in their own minds. Yeah. What that means is basically we're going to allow you to have these tobacco flavors, but keep in mind, you like if the other bills pass especially, the hardware that you can use it on, gone. The people that sell it to you, not working there anymore. The doors that were open to give you the alternative, 
closed, locked, shut, boarded up forever. So to get these tobacco flavorings, to get this particular aroma or taste as they call it, in other words, tobacco flavored vape juice, you have to buy it from somewhere else, find all the hardware you need yourself, do everything yourself, and, and hope nothing happens. If you look back at how the industry is, has worked over the last few years, 90% of all the research and development that these companies do is just making sure their devices are safe for use. Yep. You know, like, I got a, I got a device, we were talking about it, I, I think, episode one or two. I can't remember which one of the, the first two episodes, but my hammer of God, yeah. right? So when I bought that device, it came in the packaging, which for anyone who does vape, this will make sense to you. For anyone who doesn't, we'll explain it later, or you can stop by our shop, give us a call, and I'll explain it. I just... I don't have time to go through it right now. It comes with a little card. It is bright fucking red. Like, as bright red to make sure that you do not miss it as humanly possible. This card says, this device is not intended to be run with any build coming out at under 0.5 ohms. And what that means is the resistance of my build, using whatever kind of wire I'm using, should not go below 0.5 because at that point, because that device is not regulated by any sort of electronic chip... I'm getting into unsafe waters. Given you can realistically run it anywhere over like 0.1, like and expect it to be safe. But if you want to make sure literally nothing happens to you, 0.5 and up is safe. Yeah. Right. So, so that company sold me an expensive device, knowing that I probably already knew what I was doing, and still took the time to make sure that I knew that this is the threshold for safety. After you go below this, we cannot guarantee anything. You know that that is on you. So if you go and you take away the stores that people buy their devices from that educate these people and you take away all of the sales, importing, all of that of all of these devices, which, by the way, have been approved. That's why they're allowed through customs when they come in from anywhere around the world. When you take away those devices, you're forcing people to turn to alternatives that we don't sell here for that exact reason, that reason being safety. When you make someone come in who doesn't know shit about vaping and you tell them, hey, go build a coil, throw it on, and hope it doesn't explode, that's not safe. We never do that here. But these bills are going to force people to do that. They are actively choosing to force people to go back to unsafe methods, unsafe juices, unsafe ingestion methods for any sort of nicotine or tobacco, and basically saying, hey, Big Tobacco and Big Pharma, you know, we appreciate you. Uh, thanks for filling up my pocket. Here's your check. Here, here's what we can do for you. The state of Maryland is now back to Marlboro's. Enjoy. Um, also, by the way, the death toll of 35 people that died because their vapes exploded in their hands because they can't buy it from somewhere reputable from people who know what they're doing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's fine. We don't care. You know, not a big deal. One of the, uh, the biggest things that, I, that I'm noticing in the uh – the SB0054 uh, bill. Where, where is this at? Um, pro- prohib- prohibiting a person from shipping, importing, or selling into or within the state an electronic smoking device to which an artificial or natural flavoring other than tobacco is added to impart a particular aroma or taste so they're going targeting vaping it's targeting vaping yes but what about people that sell like scents yeah that's an aroma so what about yeah that's that's actually a really good point 
Because think about that. Think about, like, so I know this isn't common, but think about all the people that will burn, like, essential oils or, or burn oils to achieve a specific aroma, you burn. know, by causing it to smoke. You know, by like, lighting it on fire and letting it build up smoke, you're accumulating a lot of aroma in a room because this thing is burning and giving off that scent. Are those banned too? Like, what I don't understand about this is how this synopsis of this bill on the Maryland General Assembly website can be so vague as to allow anybody in this House of Delegates to basically write in whatever they want and encompass this with whatever they want to then allow them to enforce it however they want. I don't understand how that's allowed. I don't understand why that's acceptable. Like, I'm not going to get super political about this, but, like, there has to be someone or some agency that can regulate this because this right here is what needs regulation. Yeah. The fact that these people, again, mind you, all four people that I've mentioned in this episode that have sponsored these bills, all Democrats, all from around the city of Baltimore or from PG County, like, all of these people are pushing for these things without understanding, it seems, what it's going to do to people like us. So we have, if I'm looking at this now, Senator Clarence K. Lamb, Baltimore and Howard County, uh, from District 12, again, Democrat. Senator Dolores G. Kelly, District 10, Baltimore. Um, going back, we have Senator McRae, also Baltimore. Uh, Delegate Derek E. Davis, Democrat, PG County. Yeah. Right? And again, I, like I said... I don't want to come after any political parties here because everyone's trying to accomplish different goals for different reasons. But it seems like like a theme now, especially after what we saw in New Jersey, that it's these Democrats that are in the, you know positions of power are just going after vaping because they see it as a way to make more money from big tobacco, it seems. And I have not had any luck finding any information on where these people are getting their funding for their campaigns and where they're finding money and lobbying to be able to pass this sort of stuff. But I guarantee you, if I had a way to find where they were getting funded from, either all of it is private, meaning they have some really stupid rich friends, or they're getting money from big companies. And I'd be willing to bet that a good chunk of that is coming from pharmaceutical companies and tobacco. Yeah. Because if you look at this, we were talking about this again off camera before we started this podcast. Who wins? Who, think about this. Who wins if these three bills go through in Maryland? I don't win. I'm out of a job. I have to find some other way to pay for school. You don't win. You're out of a job. You have to find some other way to be provide. able to afford to provide for your family. Yep. You know, wife and kids, all that. For all the people that work two jobs here or more than two jobs that work here, you have to find another fucking job again. Yep. Do you think that a serious employer that is looking to employ someone long term is going to look at a resume that has 15 jobs on it in the last five years and say about that person with that resume, oh, yeah, this person looks reputable. No. No. Because when you bounce around job to job, that just tells someone that you can't stay committed to a certain place. You can't stay hired somewhere. When in reality, it's almost never someone's fault that they leave a place of employment. Yeah, when they, when they leave, yeah. 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 And, and I think that a lot of people are going to come to find out, like, you know, I've learned a lot here about how to interact with customers and, and how to interact with people and grow relationships. This job has helped me tremendously to grow in that aspect of my life. But I think people are missing out on the fact that, like, this helps nobody, nobody. It doesn't help, you know, the mom and dad who are trying to quit smoking for their, their soon-to-be, you know, newborn baby. This doesn't help the person paying for college. This doesn't help the person trying to provide for their family. This doesn't help the business owner, like Dima, the guy that owns B&M Vape here. This doesn't help Dima at all. This is a crushing blow for Dima. 
Yeah. I cannot even imagine what these shop owners must be thinking right now. And honestly, I love the fact that we have resources like the MVA and VTA to go through to be able to help fund, you know, legal campaigns like pay for lawyers and pay to be able to fight these. But at the end of the day, man, like that's so much stress. Yeah. Like you got people that are trying to put up with with this and then also be able to afford a house, transportation, food, clothing, you know, education for their kids. And this is going to kill all of that, yeah. all of it for so many people. And I, I wish that the state of Maryland would at least wait a, until they have concrete numbers on how many people are in this industry, because I would really, really love to see how many people in the state of Maryland are employed by or around the vaping industry. Because I guarantee you, if they saw how many of us there were out there, they would change their mind. Yeah. Or at least I hope they would. Yeah, I mean, also, the matter of the fact is, you know, we're talking about vape shops, but let's boil it down a little bit further than that. These are all mom and pops. These are all small businesses. Isn't mm-hmm. that what we strive for in the state of Maryland is obviously jobs, but small businesses? Yeah, and, and think about that, right? Like, we just talked about this two days ago. The cigar shop on Main Street in Annapolis. I have been going there since I turned 18. In fact, I've been going there since I was probably 12 or 13, just waiting for my dad to walk in and walk back out. My dad enjoys cigars. I enjoy cigars. I don't smoke cigars every day. It's an occasional sort of thing, like when I'm having a nice dinner with family mm. or when there's a special occasion, I'll have a cigar. Yep. Right? It's, it's kind of like for me with, with alcohol, at least, I'll have a glass of whiskey with my cigar, enjoy a nice couple-hour smoke session with a cigar, and go to bed. Yep. But that guy that ran that shop, kick-ass dude, stand-up dude, straight up about everything, did not sugarcoat something to make a sale. He would tell you exactly what you wanted to know, when you wanted to know it. You could walk in there, smoke a cigar, read a paper, do a crossword, watch football, whatever. It was a really, really nice spot. He's closing his doors after 26 years as a self-owned, self-made business on Main Street in Annapolis, the state capital, right down the street from where these idiots are making these bills. And if this... uh video does go out uh you know before the weekend hits i'm not sure if it will but uh we do care about that small business another small business Mm -hmm. um he will be open uh this weekend uh friday and saturday to uh, stop by for sure to uh clean house essentially um and the reasoning for him closing was uh because of the t21 law that has uh (coughs) that has passed in over regulation over regulation is what did it um, and uh, he said the his demographic was between 18 to 21. And that happens a lot with a lot of vape shops as well. Um, our, we had a pretty good demographic uh, between 18 and 21. I'd say probably about a quarter, yeah. at least a quarter. Yeah, um, I think we actually did the numbers. It was around 20%. So, yeah, yeah so quarter. Fifth. Yeah, so whatever. Um, but uh, it, it affected everybody. It really did. Um, cigars is such a it's a it's a niche uh, product when it comes to tobacco. It's more of like uh, say novelty kind of. Yeah. Um, but you can't you can't rely on the older customer base in Annapolis to come in and buy cigars on a daily basis because they're no. going to come in and buy twenty cigars at a time and then leave for the next four months and you'll never see them for that four months. Yeah. Or when the boat show comes through, then oh you know, yeah, yeah, that shop. I there there was a line out the door for that that store two years ago when the boat show came to Annapolis. But my thing is like we're not I'm not here to fight a cigar shop. Uh, that's not what I'm after. Cigar no. shops have their place. 
right? Yeah. And if cigar shops decide that they want to pick up cigarettes or combustible tobacco, that's on them. I don't support that move, but if that's smart for their business, then go for it. Yeah. If it's what keeps you running and keeps you making money to provide for yourself and others, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the real issue here is the fact that these combustible tobacco options, cigarettes, whatever, these are sold at gas stations. They're marketed so that people are kind of like, oh, like when you're growing up, oh, what's in a cigarette? Oh, I don't really know. And then you go to you go to class, they tell you all these shitty things about cigarettes, and then you still go outside and you see 20 people a day smoking them. Yep. And you think to yourself in sixth grade when you j- just got out of class learning about how bad they were, you're like, well, if they're that bad and I, le- I learned this and all those 20 people learned that and they're still doing it, it, it can't be that bad. Yeah. And then people start smoking. Yeah, and then uh, also the thing that's just been kind of running through my head is um – you know they're they're spending twenty one million dollars as at a minimum uh, yep. for uh, you know decreasing uh, tobacco use. If this does go through, boy, I really really hope this does not go through. Uh, you will completely ruin a really good portion of this state's uh, economy. But. You're taking away flavors that you even said yourself that a lot of people are using. And a lot of people have switched from cigarettes and started using the fruity flavors. They're attracted to it. Who gives a shit? So, But, hold on. I want to see the numbers. Because, more than likely, I hope I'm wrong, but more than likely, you are going to drive people to smoke cigarettes again. Let's see how great your plan, your whatever, backfires and the percentage goes up higher for people smoking cigarettes. Yep. And, and that's the other thing, too. Again, I have uh, – I'm looking at my laptop right now. I have a whole page filled out with notes for this podcast, and I've only touched on one point yeah. from that page of notes because yeah. this has pissed us off so much that we've spent, what, the last almost hour talking about this? Like – like, this is serious. But the thing is, is like the CDC and the FDA, the federal government that spends hundreds of millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars every year researching this, specifically says if you are an adult and you are considering smoking and picking up cigarettes or switching to combustible tobacco, do not do it. Contact the FDA, contact the CDC, go through their approved cessation methods, as they call them. nicotine gum nicorette whatever it's called nicorette nicotine patches nicotine lozenges these are all approved as they say but the thing is is like i can maybe name one person that i've ever known in my life out of everybody i've known that smoked cigarettes which by the way is a lot a lot of fucking people in my life have smoked cigarettes which Mm -hmm. is why i'm glad i'm here today in this shop and not out there smoking a cig I can think of one single person in my life that has ever tried one of those methods, and it was a week before they went back to smoking cigarettes. That person has lung cancer, as do probably every other, as does probably every other person in my life that has ever smoked cigarettes. And if they don't have it now, they almost certainly will later. And if it's not lung cancer, it's gum cancer, it's skin cancer, they're, they're having cardiac issues, whatever. This is not a good idea. If this bill is, as it's worded, exactly what we hope it is or what it should be, then vaping is fine. But everybody knows that when this was introduced, this isn't just about combustible tobacco. This is 
as much about tobacco as it is about vaping, if not more so about vaping. Because what you're going to see here is at least the way I see things going, because just thinking, you know, five, 10 years in the future when this is like, this has already been kicking in effect for quite a while. You're looking at, you know, these people that are going out and, uh, and, and basically going from vaping to smoking again, you know, they, they went through their approved cessation method, didn't work, went back to smoking. They stopped by our shop. They spend $100, they buy a setup, they buy some juice, whatever, they're satisfied, they come back for the next six to eight months. They're liking vaping. They feel great. They feel like they've made a positive change in their life, and I feel like it made a positive impact in my community. That's a win-win for everybody, and the state still gets their cut. Yeah. Right? So, so who loses in that other than tobacco? Other than the people that are willingly killing other Americans for profit. Yep. Nobody wins there. So what you're going to see here long term is these people are going to be taken away from our shop because this will be banned and they can't buy it here because we can't sell it. They're going to go back to smoking cigarettes because this will be so heavily regulated that we're going to see such a loss in sales that we cannot keep our doors open. Yeah. It's yeah. already we already like got basically fucked for like 2 months at one point in 2019. That was not fun. That was a really scary time for our shop and a lot of other shop, shops around here went through the same thing. So when those people stop coming in and they go back to smoking and then this alternative is taken away and then eventually you go through this, what is it, $21 million uh, you know, program, yearly program to reduce tobacco use, you're going to see t- cigarettes and tobacco just being weaned out, taken out, thinned out until you stop seeing cigarettes, right? At least in stores. You're still going to see them around. People are going to stockpile those motherfuckers like they did with Primer back when the Obama administration was buying up fucking Primer so that people couldn't buy ammo. Same thing is going to happen. This is literally turning into a parallel of the gun control debate. And you know what's going to happen? People are going to keep smoking cigarettes, keep smoking tobacco, and this alternative will be dead. And the only thing that will accomplish is lining the pockets of big tobacco, which will line the pockets of the people that introduce these bills. I guarantee it. I will bet whatever you know name your fucking price and tell me if i'm wrong because i guarantee you i'm not and just speaking from the gut here but these people are going to be kicked out of this shop they're going to be kicked out of this community right and they're going to go back to smoking they're going to die from cancer they're going to die from cardiac issues they're going to have a horrible time with everything they own smelling like cigarettes and then when they realize vaping was better for me you know, they're going to say, oh, let's bring vaping back, blah, blah, blah. But at that point, the industry will be so dead here and likely by that point, probably almost everywhere, that there will not be enough of a push to bring it back. And I only hope that if this does go through, the same thing happens with this prohibition as with the original prohibition of alcohol in the 20s, because, you know, that obviously had enough support and enough of an underground that it stayed alive enough to the point where they had to amend the constitution again to repeal prohibition but this is like this is major like this could turn into the point where like it's not expressly written in a constitutional amendment for the united states government but this is like something where you see it you know like when they raised um when they raised the drinking age to 21 that's not a federal mandate necessarily that wasn't a federal mandate originally states were just given block grants by the government for doing it it was like an incentive. Hey, you make the drinking age 21, we'll give you an extra $10 million a year in grants that you can use on roads or just paying off your you know, delegates or whatever because yep. that's important. You know, Nothing shady at all. But I, I, just, I just don't get it, man. I don't get why they thought this would be a good idea. 
And the other thing I want to talk about too, and I think you'll have something to say about this, I hope, because I hope I'm not the only one, but like, you know, when, when the vape rally happened, right? It was probably four or 5,000 people out there in DC. It's where we got this nice, nice, we vape, we vote sign. But how many people are there vaping in the U.S.? Do you know the number? Adult vapors. Uh, sorry, I do not know, but I know it's a fuckload. Yep. You want to know how many? 13 million that's right. adult vapors. Million. <laughs> and keep in mind, that's 13 million adult vapors that are over their state's current age requirement. So in the state of Maryland, if we're talking about 13 million adult vapors, the chunk that's from Maryland would be bigger had T21 not been introduced. Yep. So you're looking at a demographic of people that can all vote at age 18, mind you. So we're pro- I would argue anywhere from like 15 to 20 million adult vapors, counting anyone under 21 in the state of Maryland and other states that are 21 and uh, up, but you're looking at that many people, a major, major fucking chunk of the United States, yeah. you know, the constituents that are voting for these people to come into office that are not able to vape, that will be voting for vaping rights and for vaping advocacy. These people, right. They're going to be basically pushed away from it. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to put them together, but the whole like you, know, you you touched on the the whole drinking portion, but like, I mean, I, I'm a broken record. We've all said it. We all know it. But when okay, so when somebody dies from alcohol, too much alcohol use, you know, liver shuts down. They get behind the wheel. They kill somebody. They kill themselves. Whatever. You know, it's just ah, it's another another statistic, but. When it comes with vaping, it's a problem. It's a real big problem, apparently. And uh, whether whether if it has anything to do with nicotine vaping or THC, or with uh, you know obviously altered THC mm-hmm. uh, cartridges. Yeah, because I, I don't have an issue with the cannabis industry at all. No, I, I find that it has a lot of benefits. But it what does. I have an issue with is the fact that it is so it, it is criminalized in so many places that people were basically forced to turn to black market alternatives. That's what disappoints me. The fact that we cannot, as a nation, agree on the fact, the fact, unavoidable fact, that cannabis can be used medicinally for benefits. It has been found to kill cancer cells. It is a fact that it can be used in a healthy manner. The fact that we have gone and regulated it so heavily in places where it's legal and made it such a crime where it's illegal that people have had to turn to the black market really says a lot about our government because that shows that they do not give a shit about any one of those people that's a part of those statistics. That's a problem. And what I don't understand is the fact that these people keep getting put in office. Yeah. Because realistically speaking, yeah, sure, you can reelect the same person every year, blah, blah, blah. Oh, same old, same old, nothing changes. No one likes change because everyone wants their life to be the same just so that nothing changes and throws them off kilter, throws them off guard. At the end of the day, dude, if you're voting for somebody that's fucking you over, you're making the mistake. Yeah. Right? You know, use this podcast as a vaping advocacy podcast, but use this to educate yourself and go out and really, like, motivate yourself to research the people that you're voting for. Make sure you know you're making a smart decision before you write that name down on the piece of paper because that person has the ability, the authority, the financial ability to go out and either make your life better or fucking ruin it as all of these people that by the way we don't live 
anywhere near any of these people that are putting these laws into the house yeah. at all. We don't live anywhere near it. We live 20 minutes away from Baltimore. I've never even heard of any of these people before because yeah. I haven't had to care because they're not in my district. Yeah. These people have been voted for and are pushing for issues that their constituents do not know that they're pushing for. Yeah. I guarantee you if I went into Baltimore County and asked 2,000 people, if, if I asked the same number of people that died from vaping, how many of them do you think would actually know who their rep is or what that rep is voting for or yeah. pushing for or sponsoring? Yeah. None of them. I guarantee you not one person, unless I walk into a vape shop and ask, I guarantee you not one person is educated on it. And that's, that's one problem right there. There's your $21 million that you could be spending more wisely. But at the end of the day, it's like they're pushing for bills that fly so under the radar for most people that they pass without a question. That's so wrong. Yeah. So what are we going to do about it? Right? We talked about this again. This is another thing. We had a good 30-minute session before we started this episode about you know just ranting. And we, wanted, we were considering just starting this early so that that way you guys could just get our raw, like, you know, conversation like we normally have here and kind of, you know, see how we act, you know, behind the camera and see, you know, what we really feel about it. There was a lot of colorful language. I'll tell you that. Yeah. We are very passionate about this. I am glad that we were not recording because I do not like people on the internet hearing me cuss that much. Yeah. See me on video games. That's a different story. But like for something that's supposed to be like public like this, uh, uh-uh, let's not. Yeah. But, but like we, we got to do something, dude. Like whether it's oh, the owners, whether you, it's you us. best you best believe whether if we're wanted in that that courtroom or not, you best believe we're still going to be there. I'll bust down the goddamn door if I have to. Um, it, it just it just really like kills me. I can't really get off the whole the whole drinking uh, epidemic. I mean, the just just here. When was that 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 wrong that wrong way? Uh, fucking accident that happened jamal no 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 no, not, not that one not that one the other one the one with the, the lady the lady that was fucking, oh. the lady that was fucking drunk yeah that uh, was that drunk was, that was big that was um huh. like and, and you know you want to regulate you know flavoring and this that and the third blah, blah, blah whatever you don't think that people that are drinking aren't driven for the for flavoring of you know alcohol, obviously you know if I were to drink you know I w- I would drink Bud Light or Bud Light Platinum. So the flavoring on like I don't really do liquor. So like liquor, the liquor flavoring is astronomical. Like you like Pinnacle, you know this isn't a slash of Pinnacle. Sorry, but you have funnel cake. <laughs> you like, have Hubba Bubba Max like, like the bubble gum. People don't even vape that shit, dude. That's like, nasty. What the f- or like, so again, not throwing shots at any of these companies because I actually enjoy their beverages, but we're, you know, pushing a separate point from that. I found, you know, peanut butter and jelly shots, you know, peanut butter, whiskey, razzmatazz, huh. you make yourself a peanut butter and jelly shot. Huh. It sounds terrible, but trust me, it is a lot better than you think. That's one of those things like that appeals to people that are looking for a strong flavoring uh, in whatever they're doing, whatever their vice may be. And sure, that may be a problem for underage people, but at the end of the day, like, it's up to the shop and their discretion whether or not they want to ID somebody. And it's up to the person who buys it, if they're of age, whether or not they want to go off and give it to someone underage. Yeah. We are not at fault for selling for, it's not, for it's people not, drooling. It's not our fault. It, like, when I, I speak for all vape shops, okay, there, there, has, there have been cases where, yes, 
underage uh, sales have happened. Fake IDs, people buying it for underage people and walking out of the store and going to the car and handing it to their kid, whatever. I, I, can, I can promise you at our, at our store and the people that we know closely have not had one. Not one. So think about that. Like, we do our due diligence. Give us a fucking chance. Give us a break more. Like, goddamn. I'm just, I'm looking here at the, uh, what is this? This is the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. So this is, this is a government-funded organization, government-funded program that updates every single year and brings out new statistics. The third section is titled Alcohol-Related Deaths. Again, I hate to draw the comparison, but it seems like the government wants to go that way, so let me just kind of shit on their whole, uh, their whole line of thinking here. An estimated 88,000 people, 62,000 men and 26,000 women, die from alcohol-related causes annually, making alcohol the third preventable cause, third leading preventable cause of death in the United States. Third. Alcohol, drunk driving, the stuff you see commercials for all the time, don't drink and drive, all that. Third. The and where, first. And where, where's, where's that? This is on a NIAAA. And what is that? It can't be for the U.S. No, this is the U.S. This is the U.S. Yeah, okay. so th- this is, okay. keep in mind, this, this is directly related to alcohol. This isn't like, this isn't just like drunk driving per se. This is literally just like, if you drink and you drink too much, th- these are the number of people that have died just from like binge drinking, basically. So that is the third leading preventable cause of death in the United States. The first First and foremost, number one, big number one. You all know it. Tobacco. Tobacco is the first leading cause of death in America. Not mass shootings, not lack of gun control, not vaping, not alcohol, not people being too fat because a fucking hamburger at McDonald's is a dollar and the groceries at Safeway are $20 a night. That, none of those even compare to tobacco. It's, it's not even close. Like tobacco related deaths let me just look this up real quick on my laptop here i would have never guessed it was tobacco cigarette smoking is responsible for more than 480,000 deaths per year in the united states including more than 41,000 deaths resulting from secondhand smoke exposure so you're looking at over 500,000 deaths per year just from cigarettes how many people have died from vaping from from vaping what we have in the store here and we're talking about either you have no nicotine, or you have nicotine. We're not talking about THC. We're talking about straight vaping. Altered THC cartridges. Yes, straight vaping. As far as we know... We'll wait. We'll wait. You, you can come to us. You, please, email us. Go on our website. Find our email. Email us. Right? Drop a comment. Drop a comment, on the, uh, drop a comment on this. Call us at the store. Come in. Write us a fucking letter. Tell us about your story. Tell us how you got sick from vaping or someone you know died from vaping. If you died from vaping, there are bigger fish to fry if you're contacting us. Something went wrong there. You were not dead. Probably lying to us there, bud. What I'm looking at here is the fact that tobacco can get away with 500,000 deaths a year, which, mind you, more people die from tobacco in the U.S. every single day on a daily basis. Like, let's just do the math here, right? 500,000 people over a 365-day period, that's more people in a day dying from tobacco than have died from a mass shooting in the U.S. Yeah. The only single more deadly event that I can think of in the U.S. other than tobacco would be, well, I hate to say it, but 
Three thousand Americans lost their lives that day because uh, because of terrorism, and then we went on this giant you know war against terror where we basically tried to just you know go and root out the root causes of, of terrorism, and you know we've been doing that for years. Not to mention the fact that some papers came out recently in Congress about how that war was perpetuated for money and there was actually no point to it whatsoever. But now let's all focus on impeachment, Epstein, vaping, Epstein. all this. Let's <laughs> let's go and, and perpetuate all these and completely ignore the fact that the government spent trillions of dollars on a war that literally did not fucking matter in their words, right? Let's go and think about that. And for the record, 500,000 people dying uh, every year from tobacco within a year, that is 1,370 people every fucking day dying from just cigarettes alone. That is single-handedly, that, that's, that's over half the number of people that have ever died from vaping, whether it's from e-cigarette use or illicit black market THC cartridges. Which, by the way, nothing you buy from a dispensary should ever give you any problems because it's in a dispensary. It's been tested. It's been approved. There are loopholes in every testing method, but guess what? In the cannabis industry, because it's so heavily regulated, those loopholes then throw you back into another little bit of legislation that forces you to get it tested again, and then it gets denied. (laughs) So those loopholes are basically closed immediately after you jump through them. So looking at this here... 82% of hospitalized patients with data on substance abuse reported using THC carts, 34% of which use these devices exclusively. So we're looking at 18% of people that have been found to have this evaluate vitamin E acetate illness that either are just straight up lying about what they were using or it was out of their system so we can't prove it, whatever. Someone's covering something up. Someone's lying. It's out of their system. Whatever. We we just we can't get the info. I guarantee you, those eighteen percent of people, you know, have nothing else to say about this other than, oh yeah, no, it, it was Jewel. Jewel killed me. Jewel Jewel is putting me in the hospital. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah. As much as I hate Jewel, I highly doubt that. Uh, this also goes on to say, uh, FYI, this is uh, this is straight from the CDC. Um, this was in a PDF that you can download. If you literally just look up uh, CDC Valley results, it's just like a 25-page long PDF. Anyone can download this. Only 16% of patients, re- patients re- reported buying their carts from commercial sources. So you may think, oh, commercial source. 16% got them from dispensaries. Wrong. Incorrect. Yeah. That includes some vape shops that choose to sell that. And by the way, all of, of all of those shops that sold those, I think it was one or two percent. It says, yeah, one or two percent were found to have THC in trace amounts. Mm-hmm. So, arguably, probably just a CBD cart or just a fake, uh, and someone made a bad decision there. But sixteen percent from commercial sources. So, vape shops, smoke shops, uh, dispensaries, random stores, whatever. Sixteen percent. Seventy-eight percent reported acquiring products from informal sources, be it family, friends, dealers, online, etc. So if you're looking at the numbers here, uh, and then again, 6% reported from both sources. If you're looking at it this way, right? If you buy from a dispensary, it's safe. In the state of Maryland, they pulled every single cartridge off the shelves when this went down, and they tested all of them. Not a single fucking one failed. Not one. Out of all the cases in the state of Maryland have been found for Evali, every single person that was tested and found positive with this illness, all of it, Came up with vitamin E acetate. All of it was illicit THC carts. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, I keep laughing at Casey. Sorry. Yeah, we have our we have our podcast manager over here that's trying to crack jokes to us and shit, trying to throw us off. No, I think it started because I I sent him a uh, a kissy face. Naturally, <laughs> give Casey all the love, people. If you do watch this podcast, make sure you drop a comment. Just say something. Casey's hot. Casey, you're attractive. Thank you, Casey, for the podcast. Yeah. There he is, guys. Just uh, let 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 him know how much you appreciate him for letting us do this. That dude fucks. That dude fucks. <laughs> Monday Monday through Sunday, 365 days a year. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, I really want to talk about some of this stuff that I have on my list. Um, you know, I want to at least touch on some of it. I had a whole thing about what propylene glycol is. I was planning on making episode four about vegetable glycerin. Dude, I'm so drained right now. I don't even know if I can go and write that fourth no, episode right now. No, I mean, uh, this is um, this is the bigger picture. Yep. Obviously, uh, this is uh, probably more one of the more uh, informative uh, podcasts that you'll hear from us, other than you know going over reputable uh, uh, vape products that we carry at the store or um that we like to use personally but um we'll just have to save those for another episode we'll save it for another episode but i i have a feeling that we're just gonna end up back on this shit (laughs) it seems like our last podcast episodes were about you know all the regulation going on about closed pod systems and we were like okay yeah cool if if it stops the closed pod systems i'm down for that yeah everything's everyone's happy everyone's making their money everyone's staying safe you know, some companies obviously are going to have some problems, but at the end of the day, we're mitigating our da- our losses here, mitigating the damage done, and everybody can go home happy and safe. This right here was like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, this is the uh, Maryland House of Delegates. We're going to leave you a flaming bag of dog shit at the front of your vape shop for you to open up and see what's going on. Enjoy that. So to Delegate uh, Derek Davis, to Senators Lamb and Kelly, and to any other Maryland delegate or senator that is involved in any of this legislation I am begging you please please reconsider do not put me out of a job do not put Brandon out of a job do not kill this podcast right when we're hoping it starts to take off because we really like doing this Yeah, we like talking about this and honestly even if you kill the entire industry I'll still probably be sitting in front of this camera with a microphone talking shit about you for passing these bills Yeah, because you deserve it if you pass this you certify yourself as a jackass and if you don't pass it You'll earn some of my respect, maybe even support. Because this is something that matters. There are much more important bills, much more important pieces of legislation that you could be pushing for. But instead, you're wasting your time, my money, Brandon's money, all of our tax dollars pushing for legislation that nobody even knows they want. Nobody even knows this has even been brought up. The only reason I even knew about this is because Dima, the owner of B&M Vape here, posted this in a group chat for this podcast and said, hey guys, you might want to take a look at this. I didn't really think much of it. I thought it was just adding a little bit of content to the podcast. I was like, okay, cool, yeah. Well, I already have my list here, but I'll check it out for the next episode. Casey comes in, says something about prohibition in one of the articles he sent. I open up the first article, and I about shit my pants. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was totally driving and not totally looking at my phone. Um, totally on uh, text-to-speech. Yeah. Yeah, like, I got the message and it just started talking through my speakers. Yeah. It was great. I love you, Apple. Fucking, fucking technology. Uh, pretty much saying, uh, get ready. Your trousers are going to be violated. Yeah, you're, you're going to be touched inappropriately by the government again. 
And can't, can't wait. And like I said, um, you know, obviously, if you are of the democratic persuasion, uh, this is nothing against you. I have no quarrel with you at all. Um, you know, I'm not your enemy here. Um, if you are a Democrat who enjoys vaping, which I know quite a few of our customers are, in fact, I would argue most are probably Democratic vapors, yeah. uh, this should be ringing alarm bells in your head now, right now. This is a big fucking deal. Yep. So what we're going to do is we're going to come up with some ideas here. Um, I'm going to try and get in touch with everybody involved here at our store, all of our employees and DM of the owner. Um, I really want to put something together. If you're reading this uh, or reading this, listening to this or watching this on YouTube, uh, if it ever ends up on YouTube, which should probably be there soon. Yeah. Um, you know, come to our store, come to our shor- uh, store, talk to us, tell us what you think. Uh, and when we start getting some stuff together here, we'll talk about it, um, figure something out. And I think that we need to get together and really show this state government that we are not fucking around. They sh- they're not fucking around about this bill. We're not fucking around about fighting it. Yeah. We, I mean, can- we can't turn the other cheek here. Yeah, There's nowhere I mean, left to go. I mean, regardless whether if you do this or not to this state, there's loopholes. There's a lot of them. We will find a fucking way, and we will make your life hell when we do. We'll find a way. It doesn't matter. Like, moonshine bootleggers back in the day, yeah. right? That's how NASCAR started. We should make a sport in 10 years centralized around how vaping was kept alive through prohibition nascar part two yeah the sequel pre-sequel sequel no it's just sequel either way we'll figure something out vape powered demolition derby i have a lipo box that i could probably power a robot with i'm not gonna lie or no i guess now you have it i have it so yeah, I mean that's that's our our piece on on this legislation here. And again, um, if you're not really educated on this and you're interested in it, if you vape, you don't even have to give a shit about any of this. But if you vape, this applies to you. Don't think that this excludes you from any of this law. This is word for word targeted at me, targeted at Brandon, targeted at the owner of every store in the state of Maryland, and most importantly, targeted at you, the consumer. The state of Maryland is fucking you. And menthol smokers. And menthol smokers. You guys are fucked, too. Yeah. So with that, um, I think that pretty much wraps up that part of the podcast. Just for the last couple minutes here, I do want to talk about what we're vaping on. Um, just to keep it a little bit light, I want to make this a regular thing. We're going to try and change it up every day, but, you know, you never know. Um, last time on the podcast, last two episodes, I was vaping on an Aegis Legend uh, from Geek Vape with a Cloud Chasers Inc. Hive 28mm with some of Sad Boy's new Punchberry Blood. If you haven't tried it, that shit is like liquid crack. It is insanely good, very sweet, big fan. Today, I also, again, have a Cloud Chasers Inc. Hive 28mm. Uh, Shout out CCI, still waiting on that Hive 2. Send that bitch out to me right now, please, and thank you. Same. Yeah, uh, both of us. We want them last week. Uh, Ordered them around Christmas, and they were on pre-order, and I was upset that they did not ship yet. Either way, still waiting. Love you guys. Sad. Um, so I got that tank running right now. Uh, I also have this really nice Project Subum triad that I got. Um, these things are pretty hard to find now, and I'm really, really a proud owner of this thing because I've been looking for one for a while. Triple eighteen six fifty two hundred and fifty DNA two fifty C three hundred watt capable. Um, this thing is an absolute machine. And with that, I'm also vaping on again. Sad boy, their strawberry granola bar. One of the best mixed flavors I've ever tried. It seems like no matter how much I try to get away from it, uh, I always end up coming back. 
um, just seems to be a favorite. And then my little small vape here that I have is the Lost Vape Orion. Again, going back to Lost Vape, we love them here. Uh, Lost Vapes Orion Plus is probably the best pod system ever. Um, you know, say what you want about the RPM, RPM 80, RPM 80 Pro, Nord 2 or whatever it's called. Yeah. Caliburn. It, they don't hold a candle to it, dude. You can't fight it. Brain Freeze is in here from Naked 100. Shout out Naked. You guys make kick-ass menthols and uh, kick-ass tobacco flavors, and, and I'm a big fan of Brain Freeze. And also big, big supporter in the fight that oh, we're yeah. uh, that we're uh, treacherously going through. I'm not going to say how much money uh, that check was. That oh, no, no. They, they, they publicly announced did, that it was a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, for any of you who don't understand what that means, that means legal fees. That means that the VTA can spend that money on legal fees to make sure that you, the consumer, can keep vaping. So shout out Naked. You guys are fucking awesome. Make sure that you keep your juice in stock because we are going to keep ordering that shit until we die. Yeah, we, we carry the entire line here at the store. I will quit smoking. I will quit smoking. I will vape Naked 100. I will vape Facts. Naked. I will vape Naked. That is on our wall. We have a sign on our wall that says that. That's yeah. a motto to live by. What are you vaping on? Uh, well, uh... Just like Jake, uh, I'm vaping Strawberry Nola. He pretty much uh, hit the nail on the head on that one. Uh, you really can't uh, beat that when it comes to Strawberry Granola. Um, vaping on the X-Ray mod. Uh, X-Ray mods. And Andy Bader on Facebook. Andy, B-A-D-E-R, at X-Ray Box Mods. If you want a LiPo mod, there is no other place to go. Shout out, Andy. Yeah. Um, it's been hooked up the entire time. Uh, I think this is the... It's, a, it's like it's like the first time I've had to charge it in three days. It's yeah. fucking nuts. Massive, massive fucking lipo. That's three series, uh, three thousand ma. Um, yeah, that thing super is nice, super badass. ignorant, but I like it a lot. Uh, also topped off with the uh, QP Design Fatality Twenty Eight. Hard to find. Uh, very hard to find. I got uh, really lucky that I had a. Uh, friend in the industry that had one decided that he didn't like rebuildable tanks that much uh, i finally got my hands on one and wow yeah he uh keep in mind that tank is so hard to find that brandon traded away his full ultim brand new lost vape drone squonker dual 18650 squonker the probably in my opinion the most badass squonker i have seen to date regulated at least uh and i got it for, for that tank and i got it for a fucking great yeah, that God. was that was. Uh, so you actually got that drone at a great price. I got that big X-ray box mod at a great price before I, I gave it to Brandon. That thing, uh, typically those lipo mods, unless you make them yourself or have a buddy, those things are usually a pretty penny. But Andy does a really good job, and he makes sure that his customers are taken care of. Lifetime warranty, fantastic pricing, great dude, always on point with shipping, keeps you in the loop the whole time he's making the mod, sends you pictures, and also if you ever do decide to get an X-ray box mod. Andy does also make hot sauce. He grows his own peppers. If you haven't tried it, I hate spicy food, but that shit is good. Um, talking about deals, though, I, I actually, a friend of mine in the industry, had this Project Subum Triad number 351. Um, and this thing, I, I was looking online, they're going anywhere from like $180 to $220, depending on the website, you know, and whether or not they're running a uh, discount, a sale. Yeah. Uh, I got this thing for $60. Um, so when I saw that pop up on a Facebook group, I messaged him less than two minutes after he posted it, took a screenshot and said, I'm buying this. I'll see you at the shop tomorrow. 
uh, and I sent the screenshot to Brandon. Brandon asked me if I knew what it was, and all I replied with was a smiley face because I knew I had done something right. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps up today's episode for the Brick and Mortar Podcast. We'll be coming at you guys a little bit later with episode four. Um, right now we're going to focus on making sure episode three ran smoothly, get that up and posted on all of our social media, YouTube, uh, we'll have it on, shared on Facebook through a uh, Spotify link as well. We'll have it posted basically everywhere. We really appreciate the love and support from all of you guys out there. I know a lot of our customers are watching and listening. Thank you guys so much. You guys are the only reason we've been able to stay in business. We really love you guys and appreciate you more than you know. Um, so we're always going to be here for you, always going to make sure that we take care of you the right way and that uh, you always have a good experience with us. And if you don't, we'll make it right. Um, so if you guys ever have the time to watch this podcast uh, a couple times or if you really feel passionate about anything we talked about, give it a share, give it a like, drop a comment, let us know, talk to us here at the shop, just stop by, um, let us know what you think, give us some pointers, some minor details you want to see us fix. Um, I know we're far from perfect with this. This is only our third episode, so long, long way to go until we're, you know, we have everything fleshed out and and ready to go. But um, I think, you know, a lot of people are going to see we're we're making improvements and we're passionate about this. So, yeah, um, um, uh, just to, you know, touch on what he said, uh, I 100 percent appreciate every single one of our customers, our viewers, (coughs) Even though you know you may not be a customer or whatnot, uh, we appreciate uh, the view. Uh, give us insight; really appreciate it. Uh, me and my family, uh, my two daughters and my wife, we seriously appreciate everything that you guys do. Um, and uh, you know, we hope to see you guys see you guys in here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Seven tomorrow. Seven nine seven four Crane Highway South, Glen Burnie, Maryland two one zero six one B and M Vape right next to the Gabe's on Crane Highway. We're right off of I-97 in the state of Maryland. If you have time to come down and see us, I highly recommend it. I guarantee we have something in here for you. Um, we'd really appreciate it you know, for you guys to reach out to us. Even if you don't plan on coming in, just talk to us. Let us know what you think. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk to you or see you in the future. And uh, our other uh, address is going to be 8428 Philadelphia Road, Rosedale, Maryland. I do not know the zip code. Yeah, so, it's a new store. Yeah. Give us a break on that one. We're, we're still learning. I'm not very good at phone numbers and addresses. So Yeah, um, but yeah, come and see us at either location. Uh, I'm mainly up there in Rosedale, mm-hmm. uh, kicking it, hanging out. Uh, come and play some Xbox, try some new flavors out, maybe a new setup, maybe a new flavor. Yep. We'll see you. And we're open seven days a week, 365 days a year. So even when your other shop might be closed, our door is always open for you. We'll also, see you guys later. Also, one, one more thing. Ooh, one what more you th- got? One more thing. New hours. Oh, yes. This is big. This is big. New hours. Uh, it's already been implemented at our Rosedale location on Philadelphia Road. Uh, Monday through Thursday, it is 8 o'clock in the morning. Early. Uh-huh. For you early birds. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, 8 o'clock in the morning until 9 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 8 o'clock in the morning to 10 p.m. Sunday. 10 to 8 o'clock. That's 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. in case you kind of lost that train of thought from before. Yeah. Which, if you did, you might want to... Never mind. I'm not going to say anything about that. Anyway, thank you guys very much for watching the podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. As always, we appreciate you. We'll be back with more episodes in the future. Let us know what you think. Like I said, drop a like, drop a comment, drop a follow. Just keep in touch. We'll see you guys in the future. Peace.